Hi, you're listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan, Chicago. We're releasing our sermons so that no matter where you were Friday, you can enjoy a piece of Shabbat today. Well, I'm very excited that we get blessed tonight with some teaching of uh, a friend of mine and a beloved local rabbi here on the north side. You all can see Rabbi Megan Goldmarsh. Rabbi is... Would it be appropriate to say the founding Chicago rabbi of Beis Hillel? Okay, about that. Yeah. As, right? we, grow, as we are a growing movement, we, we were the first. So, yeah. I, so, I, we are. So, yeah. Well, so Megan Megan laid some big footsteps down for the base movement in Chicago to, to begin to fill, fall in line behind. And um, we're so lucky to have you in the community, you and Paige and your growing family. Thank you. It's an honor to be asked, an honor to be here, and an honor to be a part of the Mishkan community. Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and Hag Sameach. I am going to be speaking about the Omer, so we'll, we'll get there very quickly. Like many of you, I have been waiting a long time, waiting to host Shabbat dinner for guests other than my parents, to hug friends, to fly, to celebrate, to sit inside a restaurant, to be the host, the friend, the rabbi that I was trained to be. At the beginning, we counted. We will be in quarantine for two weeks, a month, six weeks. Then we started hearing numbers like, a year, 18 months, two years. And I don't know about you, but I stopped counting. Instead, it was hopefully this is the only Thanksgiving, the only Hanukkah, the only secular New Year's that we will spend without our loved ones. And then this is the second Purim, the second Passover, and now the second Omer count of this pandemic. But while I waited, life continued. Lives ended and began. Paige, my wife, has gotten pregnant via IVF and is now 34 weeks pregnant and growing every day. People have moved away, like Rabbi Lauren and Joel, our beloved friends, and moved here, like Rabbi Dina. Jobs have started and ended. Time has not stopped while we wait for things to go back to something that we sort of remember called normal. I hate this type of waiting. I am control freak. I like the waiting where I know exactly how long it will take. A timer on an oven or microwave, the hours until Shabbat starts or ends and I can turn on or off my phone. The number of days left until my second shot leaves me safe and I can finally get a real and much needed haircut. But the hardest waiting is not like a New Year's countdown or waiting for a pre-planned visit. Like when Paige and I were in a long distance relationship and would say, five more sleeps, four more sleeps until we are together. The hardest waiting, like the two years we wondered when we would finally succeed in getting pregnant or the waiting to find a life partner or wondering when the perfect job will come along or waiting for the end of a pandemic never has a clear ending. A countdown makes clear when the end is coming. But a count up, even if you know the total number you are working towards, the focus is on the length of the journey, not the time left until the end. And so we arrive at the count we are almost a week into, the Omer. Not a super mainstream practice, not one I had heard of growing up, but one nonetheless 
that we learn about a few times in the Torah. Specifically in Leviticus, it says, and from the day on which you bring the sheaf of elevation offering, the day after the Sabbath, you shall count off seven weeks. They must be complete, and you must count until the day after the seventh week, 50 days, and bring an offering of new grain to God. Biblically, the Omer was an agricultural practice, a sheaf of barley brought each day from the start of the harvest until the wheat was ready to be offered and the next agricultural festival could begin. Later, exiled from agricultural connections of the ancient Israelite agrarian lifestyle, the rabbis made a new connection. The barley harvest happened around the same time as Passover, and a careful examination and perhaps some finessing of dates showed that Revelation, Matan Torah, was likely around 50 days after the Israelites went free from Egypt. And so this counting became a count from Passover to Shavuot, Exodus to Matan Torah, liberation to Revelation. This connection allowed the rabbis to say we were not from freed from slavery under Pharaoh to be free to do whatever we want, but rather we were freed to serve God through the Torah that we received just seven weeks later. So why count up and not down if the real point of the whole Passover matzah thing is to get to Matan Torah in seven weeks? I would argue it's not actually the end that matters. Journeys where we count up where we note every day we have experienced, every day that has passed since a major wonderful or difficult life moment, but the journeys we know truly matter. Each day after the Israelites left Egypt, they were a little bit more free. Their minds could begin to contemplate a life other than slavery. The fear of beatings, harsh labor, even death diminished bit by bit. Each day they were a bit more ready for the beauty of the gift of the Torah. This is evident in the actual holiday of Shavuot, not titled for the day itself, whether agricultural or Torah focused, but for the counting of seven weeks, Shavuot means weeks, that lead up to it. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch notes that what we most celebrate on Shavuot is not receiving the Torah, but that we were ready to receive it. That we had walked enough steps, maybe not with a Fitbit, but still steps, away from Egypt, from the mindset of slavery, to be ready to see a new set of rules, holy rules, as a gift. I also think in the spirit of the Passover commandment that we read at our seders, that we must see ourselves as ones who personally left Egypt. Counting up helps us put ourselves in the mindset of our ancestors. When you start with one and count up, you don't really think about how many days you have left to go, especially if it's a long time. Not like the eight days of Passover when I already when I always know how many days are left till I can eat hummus. When the Israelites left Egypt, they had no long, no idea how long it would be until their wandering was over. Till their wandering would feel purposeful. They didn't know how long it would take to receive the Torah. And even after they received the Torah, the wandering did not stop. They waited 40 days for Moses to come down the mountain, and then 40 years before settling into the promised land. They may not have wanted to go back to their old normal lives like we crave, but they certainly would have been seeking some sense of rootedness and routine and did not know when it would arrive. I'm sure many found it in Torah, others eventually in the nomadic lifestyle, but others would not feel settled until the next generation, long into the book of Joshua over 40 years later. I also think that this count shows that waiting for Torah is the type of waiting, of yearning, 
that really matters. The yearning for meaning, for purpose, for love, family, support, the really important things in life. So what about the Omer count this year? I can say with certainty life will not be 100% normal by Shavuot. More of us will be vaccinated. The weather will be warmer. I hope you will have hugged more people, seen more faces off screen. My family will likely have grown from a family of three to a family of four, but we will still be waiting. But here is what I am certain about. Each day will happen, the sun will rise, we will have opportunities for meaning, for connection, for prayer, for closeness with loved ones, strangers, and with God. And I can say with some certainty that if you take the time to count each day, whether using an Omer app, there are many, or receiving a daily email, also many you can sign up for, or using the Kabbalistic Spirot to do the work on yourself that is encouraged at this time, or you just make a practice of counting each night, then you will be more likely to notice those moments, those opportunities, the changes occurring around us every day. And maybe you will find that many of the things we are yearning for might appear. Shabbat Shalom and Hag Sameach. You've been listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan Chicago. If you enjoyed this sermon and want to join us live, tune in to Shabbat services through Facebook most Fridays of the month and through Zoom two Saturday mornings a month. Our schedule of services and programs can be found at mishkanchicago.org events, where there's also a link to donate and support our work. And you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Mishkan Chicago. Until then, please feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we want to hear from you. This episode has been brought to you by me, Zach Weinberg, our editor and producer, Hannah Rehack, our rabbinical team, Rabbis Lizzie Heideman and Dina Cowens, and our director of communications, Ashley Donahue. On behalf of Teen Mishkan... Thanks for tuning in.